you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I've got my dear friend slash client slash friendy, friendy, friendy. We were always like connecting and chatting all things um, business and life and all of the above. Um, so Tori's here. She's a business coach for other online coaches. Um, she helps people create and sell offers using organic Instagram strategies. She's basically my go-to Instagram um, guru. I feel like I come to you with like any questions about Instagram stuff. I rely on your Instagram stories to tell me what's going on in the world of Instagram. Um, She has guest taught on group programs that I have hosted, um, done little pop-up trainings, and I am so excited that you're here. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I want to hear more. I want you to give an intro on, you know, who you are, what you're up to. Um, give us a little background on what kind of led you into the online space. Yeah. So starting back to the beginning, I used to be a hairstylist, which is obviously completely different than an online business, but I did use Instagram to get, I would say like 90% of my clients when I was doing hair. Um, And so I naturally had a lot of other hairstylists start reaching out to me, asking for help to, you know, get more clients using Instagram. And so that's where I started slowly getting into the coaching space. Um, I learned a ton more about it from you and doing one of your programs. And then um, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I learned how much I loved the coaching space and realized I wanted to just help other people start their own online businesses. Um, So obviously, because I started out um, mostly helping people with Instagram, whether it was hairstylists or coaches, that's sort of where I've always felt the, uh, the strongest in helping people with organic sales and kind of building a, a personal brand as well as their business on Instagram. Um, so now I help people with other things too, like actually building out their offers, like starting their email list, that kind of stuff. But Instagram, I think will always be like my number one jam. Mm-hmm. I remember when we first connected, I have never been like the best at having like an aesthetically pleasing um, Instagram feed. I like do my best, but it's not like the greatest. And I remember when we first connected, I was like, gosh, her Instagram profile is just so beautiful. And like your feed was just so pretty. And so like, it felt so effortlessly like cohesive before that was even like this full on thing. And so when I thought about you helping people with Instagram, that alone, I was like, well, if she can help people even, you know, from a coaching perspective, I was like, if she can help people even have like half the online presence she has, like, she's going to be good. I remember thinking that. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's always been a little bit of a, I won't say obsession, because yeah, it does kind of come easily. Like I don't spend a ton of time on it, making my feed cohesive, but it has always been something I'll say it just like more fun for me. Like I don't teach people that you have to have a cohesive feed in order to be successful. I don't believe that. But I think if it's something that you care about, it will help you be inspired to create more. Cause I know like the more I like my feed and the aesthetics of things, the more I'm like wanting to do more of it. So it's always Mm -hmm. just been something that I think is really fun. And I feel like your actual wardrobe and like your actual life is like, really like on brand with your whole business like it's not hard for you to like pull outfits for a photo shoot that are like on brand yep yeah pretty I mean I don't know if you can see my sheets right now but they're basically like my brand colors (laughs) also I I love that you're in bed right now (laughs) you're cool oh yeah that too (laughs) awesome um okay so so then you kind of shifted into like, okay, I'm going to help other people. Did you, when you like first got started, were you basically just helping other hairstylists? Yeah. So when I very first started, I felt the most comfortable helping hairstylists. So that's what I stayed in for a little bit. I started to have other just like creatives reaching out for help. Like, um, I think I had a client who was an artist. I had a client who was a, a jewelry maker, Um, So that's where I sort of started branching out there was like creatives and hairstylists. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I didn't actually make the switch into helping coaches until I decided I'm going to launch a group program specifically for coaches. And like, hopefully I have enough of them in my audience to make this work. And luckily it did work out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was kind of a, like a drastic pivot, I guess, when I first did it. But ever since then, I've just stuck with helping coaches. Yeah. How was, I feel like I ask this question all the time, but how was um, Jeff, your husband, when you were like, I'm going to pivot into this online space and like, I'm going to make money doing this online thing. Was he like, okay, great. Or was he like, I don't really know. A little bit of both, but I'll say I have gotten really lucky that he's always been just really like leans on the side of trusting me. Mm -hmm. So he, I think it was more so of a conversation of like, well, are are you sure you're not going to be like stressed out or like get in a position where you like, you know, wish you didn't do this or something. And I was like, no, I, I like really think that I can make this work. And he's like, okay, go for it. So, um, yeah. And I think also the time that it, that I made the pivot, uh, that I left doing hair helped too, because it was actually when salons were closed due to COVID. So I wasn't working anyways. Um, so I basically was just like, I didn't have to be like, I'm quitting. I was just like, I'm not going back. (laughs) Yeah. I remember you. So I remember when we were working together and you, it was like, I want to get, get to part-time. You were like, I want to get to part-time doing hair. And this whole journey has really like not actually been that long, like for you to like pivot and replace your income and probably like 10 exit at this point. But like, you were like, I want to go to part-time. So I remember when you like went to part-time doing hair and then, and then I remember getting a text from you, like during 
quarantine and being like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go back. And, and I like wanted to let you know that I'm like able to like support myself full time with this. And I was like, so amazing. Like, and then I remember you being like, we're buying a house. Like you sending me a message, like we're, we're able to like buy a house because of like our incomes. And that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it all did happen really fast now that you like say it like that. Um, And I think that's part of what I think is so cool about the online space and like having your own businesses. It can happen fast. I mean, it doesn't always and that's fine too. But like, I'm kind of a fast mover. And to me thinking about like with hair, there is like somewhat of a cap, right? And you kind of just have to like, keep doing what you're doing. Even with like, Mm -hmm. a nine to five, it's like, wait for a raise and then like I don't know I just I just want to like make how much I want when I want yeah no I there's so much freedom in that I like sometimes my husband and I will talk about it we're like um you know we'll like want something or want to do something or whatever it is and he's just like well go out and like make that money you know because like for him he's makes his income and that's his income which is great it's really nice to have stability in like in one part of I think the your partnership um or anyway like I I like that I know that's not like for everyone but you know he makes his his amount of money and yes he like gets bonuses and things like that and and there's like opportunity to like make more money in certain ways but not in the way and in the like the uh the timeline that it can happen when you're like running your own online business you can literally be like okay I'm gonna live launch something and you know in two weeks and make $10,000. And especially once you have built an audience and a following and, and an email list, um, of people who trust what you're doing and know what they can expect from you. And, and like generally are just like, yeah, whatever she's doing, I like want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Was there a point, um, in your, when you were like, deciding to go full time like was there a point where you were like okay this is like sustainable like I can do this or was there actually like a leap I know that it was during quarantine so you you had to make the decision like not to go back but like you still had to make that decision of like not to go back so were you like scared or was it like a leap of faith or what there was definitely a leap because when I decided not to go back it was before I had launched my group program. So I had just done a launch of like filling, I think five one-on-one spots. And that was sort of my like, okay, if I can do this, I'm going to leave. And Mm -hmm. I did that. And so I decided to leave, but nothing was like, that was great that I was able to do that. And it kind of proved to me that I can do this and that my audience is, you know, warm, but nothing was like sustainable. Like I didn't have any, you know, recurring revenue looking into the future or anything like that. So it was definitely a leap, but I just was at the point and I don't know why or how to like, I have no tips on how to get here, but I was at the point where I like (laughs) fully trusted myself that I could make it work. Yeah. Well, I think that to speak to that, I think that part of it is like, 
we have this story and I feel like this keeps coming up on episodes that I'm recording, but it's like, we have this story that we like tell ourselves in our head and whatever that story is, it's like, it's what like keeps us safe. But until, until we have things that can literally rewrite the story and those things are like results great when we produce those results on our own or like the results of others and seeing what other people are capable of doing. And it's like, if she, the whole, if she can do it, I can do it type of thing. But I think at a certain point, like we actually do rewire our belief system in ourselves and in our business. And I almost feel like if you, like at a certain point, you unattach yourself from like the actual function of the business anyway like it does start to take on this like thing of its own like your your business does um and that's when then we're able to like bring people on and you know to support us and things like that but when that attack just like when we're like unattaching in that way and all of a sudden we see like wow if I do this this happens if I launch this money comes in if I do this my bank account goes up. So like looking at your bank account, I feel like, and seeing like income actually coming in, like literally as stressful as it can be to act to open up your bank account. I know for me, like that used to trigger me from like a money thing, whatever money story, right? Like opening up my bank account regularly would like trigger a trauma response in my body. And I would feel like anxiety and stress around, is it going to be too low or whatever that threshold is of too low or too high, you know? And, but seeing income coming in, looking at my Stripe, looking at my PayPal, looking at the results of what my clients were experiencing. Like for me, that all rewrote the story in order for me to be like, if I did this once I can do this again, because I don't know why I feel like as women and like women, especially it's like, we still don't believe it even when we're doing it. Like we still are like, oh, but what if this doesn't work? So true. Or like, what if that was a fluke? What if it was a fluke? And it's like, you literally had like five people join your one-on-one and pay you like whatever amount of money, you know? Or like, I've had like 40 people like join a group program at one time, like my most successful launch. And that's literally like, but what if that doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. And it's like, but it, it did. And also like, what if it's better? Like, what if it only gets better from here? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, for what it's worth, like, those are some of my like pieces of advice to like getting to that point where you like feel you trust the process enough and you like trust the business enough. So it's less about trusting us like yourself and more about trusting the business and the model and like whatever it is that you're doing for other trusting the results that other people are getting. Yeah. And I love what you said too, about the, the money piece of it and like looking at your bank account. That's been a huge thing for me recently too, is like not avoiding. And it's so helpful, even though at first, yeah, it feel, I felt that same thing, like trigger every time I would open my bank account from like past my being shitty with money and (laughs) um, my bank account never being a pleasant thing to look at. But now that I don't avoid it, I actually have in my calendar every 
first Monday of the month, I actually have like an hour. It doesn't take an hour, but I have an hour blocked out yeah. to remind myself to look back at my whole month on in my business account, just to like, not even necessarily do anything, but just look at it and like, see yeah. what's coming in, what's going out and like, not let myself avoid anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good practice. Everyone listening should implement that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So in your business now, you are, your focus is Instagram. And I know that, you know, you definitely, I'm sure support your clients on like 1 million other things, but Instagram, I feel like is the reason you, you've built your business off Instagram, right? Like you do most of your selling through Instagram. What does that look like for you? Like what does launching look like for you through Instagram, et cetera? Yeah. So up until this point, I've done everything I mean, I have an email list, but I would say I still get most of my sales from Instagram and everything has been organic. So I haven't done any paid ads yet or anything. It's all from my organic, you know, branding and selling on Instagram, um, which has been really fun. And I'm really glad that I did it this way for as long as I did, because I feel like now I have so much that I can teach. um, And I've learned so much about my ideal client through just doing things in a very like human to human way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I will say also that if anyone out there is doing it this way as well and feeling, you know, a little burnt out and exhausted, that's totally normal too. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. someone to sit here and say that launching live and organically on Instagram doesn't get tiring. Um, So there are definitely like pros and cons to it. Yeah. I, I know that feeling and I don't even primarily sell just through Instagram. I I rely a lot on my email list as well, like in addition to that, but I know that feeling of like launching, being in a launch, having to show up on social media, you know, feeling like that's the main way that people are getting in touch with you, seeing what you're up to, you know, asking questions, all of the above. So I get it. Um, what do, what is the main thing? Like, what do your clients come to you for now? Like, what's like the number one thing they're wanting support on? Definitely. Um, I would say the number one thing is converting followers into clients. Mm-hmm. A lot of my clients, when they first come to me, I think that they're sort of um, friend zoned and they do a great job with, you know, creating content. I will say I don't necessarily create like, or I don't help people with like Instagram basics. Like I want my clients to come to me with a general understanding of like how to create content, but then they need that switch of like, okay, so I have this audience now, how do I get them to actually pay me? Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for that, that you would share? Yeah. So I have a, I'll share a couple, like that couple types of content that I think are like must-haves when you Mm -hmm. are trying to, you know, convert your audience. So definitely, um, like anything that sort of builds authority, right? Mm -hmm. So any type of content that is going to get your audience to see you as a business owner and a service provider, instead of just a, let's say like inspiration account or like influencer or something like that. Right. Um, 
And I think a huge piece of that is just talking about your services more and not being afraid to give people a call to action in regard to your services. I think sometimes when people start out, they think they can just create mostly like educational content, which is also great. We want to be educating our audience, but don't think that just because you've given them some tips, they're going to reach out to you and say, how can I work with you? Like it's our job to give them those tips and then also tell them like, this isn't all you need. Like, here's what I can give you if you want more. Mm -hmm. Right. So like Mm -hmm. actually, I mean, selling basically and not being afraid to actually talk about your services and talk about your clients. Like the more I, I think the more we can talk about our clients, whether it's just simply saying like, I have a client call today or actually sharing like a client transformation story. Like those are the things that will get your audience to see not only that that's an option of working with you, but also it'll get them to picture themselves as your client too. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think so many, I mean, I don't think, I know that so many people avoid, like they think that like selling silently will just be a byproduct of sharing educational content or like providing like air quotes, like value, 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 you know, but like it's not. People need to be told the simplest and the easiest way that they can connect with you, learn more about your services. And I love what you just said about talking about your clients, sharing their transformation story, testimonials, and what they have going on, because then they do position themselves into that could be me on such a subconscious level. I think something like there's a statistic that it's like, I think 85% of our decisions are made from the subconscious and not from like our conscious brain. I totally believe that. (laughs) Of like just things that we believe, things that we like know, stories that we've heard, like we, we are, we subconsciously like position ourselves in those and pick a side. Like we pick, pick the decision is already made. And it's like made from that part of our brain and thought process. Um, and I find that so interesting. It's like, how can I create more content that will trigger subconscious decisions so that when I do get on a sales call or I'm talking with someone in DM or I'm launching a program or whatever it is, like that decision is like subconsciously already made that like they trust me. They know that I'm like going to deliver X result for them. Yeah. I actually have that brought up something. I have like kind of a specific example of that. I had a really cool discovery call um, with someone who ended up signing up for my program after the discovery call. I'm so excited to work with her. Um, And we just got into like a really cool conversation after we had talked about my offer and stuff. And she was like, I wanted to tell you, by the way, I feel like the way that you market and the way that you had me like fill out an application to apply to work with you and like the way that some of the questions were worded she was like I came to this call kind of like I wanted to convince you that I was a good client instead of feeling like you were gonna have to convince me to sign Mm -hmm. up yeah there's something to say about that in so I just recorded an episode yesterday um, about high ticket offers. And I have was on a discovery call a couple of days ago with a woman who's, you know, dead on wanting to make $10,000 months. And that number could have been anything, $10,000, $20,000, whatever it is. And 
I love the idea of a high ticket offer for a certain kind of client, you know, when you're wanting to work with a certain kind of client. And that's always an app like an application method into a high ticket offer is always like the route to go, you know? And so it's interesting. It's like, we do that so easily with intimate settings and like higher ticket is like that method of an application process. Is there a way for us to duplicate that same kind of um, experience outside of an application in lower ticket, easier decision products and to still be able to like bring that feeling of like someone wanting to work with us, like genuinely like wanting to be a part of our process as the provider. Yeah. And I think that comes down to, again, like going back to Instagram, think about like, okay, if I don't have an application, just like you said, how can I bring that sort of feeling though into Instagram for potential clients? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that comes down to like our energy and the way that we present ourselves online. And Mm -hmm. like, especially during a launch, I always tell my clients, like, make sure you're not coming from this desperate, like super needy place. Like, we need to always remember that our clients are just as lucky to work with us as we are to work with them. And I like literally talk about that openly on Instagram. Like you'll hear mm-hmm. me say that you'll hear me even say like, I don't let anyone in, just anyone in my offers. Like I think mm-hmm. us making sure to um, kind of stand our ground in that and like not feel that need to be like begging people to work with us and again mm-hmm. going back to that like trust of the right people will come in and and also being in integrity with like if they're not the right fit I don't need them in my program and mm-hmm. I know that spot will get filled with someone who is the right fit yeah that's that I just want to say is something that develops over time and I know that you've been at this for a while and doing launches but like I can remember even early on, like that's a muscle that gets built is the feeling of like, if it's not this person, it will be someone else who's going to be like the right fit. Because I, you know, I'll be the first to say when I first got started and I was like launching a program, like I didn't, I was like anyone, anyone who wants to come in and work with me, like come in and work with me, you know? And because I, I was just like, I didn't have the story written in my head yet. I had never invested in a coach. I had never like, you know, I just like didn't have the support. I came from like making shitty money decisions in my last business, like whatever, you know? Uh, So building up the confidence, it was like, I'll just take anyone to come in here, you know, not, not like some Joe Schmo off the street, but like in my audience, female building a business, didn't even care what business it was, you know? And, and I do think that that muscle gets built over time of, again, it's like the same thing. It's like the same muscle. It's the trust, trusting the process and trusting that like everyone who's supposed to be here is going to be here. Even if that's not the exact number I like originally like had in mind. Um, or like, I am still going to reach that number and, this person just isn't, isn't a part of it. Yeah. And the, 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 uh, the rest who are meant to be here to fill this in are going to be, they're going to find me. 
Yes. Yeah. And I think maybe that doing hair helped me build that muscle a little bit before getting into coaching because mm-hmm. with hair, you can get some really shitty <laughs> clients. <laughs> I definitely got to the point where I was like saying no to a lot of people with hair. And I think that maybe helped me sort of bring that into coaching and realizing that like, sometimes it's not worth the money. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a boundary there. Like that, that is some boundary work there of like being able to like say like, I'm good on that $900, right. Of someone coming into a program or $500 or whatever it is. Right. I'm good on that for me to like, have to create a fence around my energy and what I'm bringing. And, and, and like, to what you were saying, like, yeah, our clients, they are just as lucky to work with us as we are to work with them. There are billions of people in this world, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And who, and, and who are driven will benefit from what we have to bring to the table. I was, you know, one thing I've been spending a lot of time talking about is like, is money and pricing and like, you know, so much more than just the way that we show up on a call, a single call or show up on a group call or for a training or whatever, they, our clients get so much more than just that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes of time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like so much space is held for clients to experience transformation, to show up vulnerably, um, to fail forward. Like, and, and as a provider, like we hold that space for that transformation to happen. Like no success is ever like a clean, fine, straight line with nothing that happens along the way. And that whole messy middle of a launch of like, getting from $5,000 to $10,000 months, like everything that happens from point A to point B is like a wobble, (laughs) you know, like it's like a veering off, uh, feeling like I'm doing the wrong thing. Like every, every like shitty negative belief that you have about like what you're capable of doing and creating like comes up really fucking loud in that whole process and like we are here to like be the like the hug that needs to happen along that journey and to remind you that like we're like the must, the trainer for that trust muscle, <laughs> you know, of like, no, you've got this. You did it before you can do it again. No, I did it this way once before I'm telling you this will work. Keep going. Like the right people are there. We keep refining the messaging. We keep refining the sales process. Like that all requires this like support system. And I think that there's so much more that goes into being a coach and being a provider and holding space for our clients that like, yeah, they're fucking lucky to work with somebody who like gives a shit about them experiencing a certain result. Yeah, that's so true. I think that sometimes the support for sure is even more important than like the like teachings or like the actual like content that you learn. It's like knowing that someone is there for you specifically just for your business so you don't have to like cry to your husband every night right. <laughs> something isn't going right <laughs> so I went through like a big period of like in early on in my relationship with Matt with my last company Jiva where I would like come to him with all of the baggage bullshit that came with like running that business and like 
you know, the short of the long is like, I ended up wrapping up that business and selling it, but I carried that same, like the, the, that same reliancy on him around my like business struggles into this, when I was growing this business Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget my mentor, Heidi Stevens, who's, you know, just like a dear friend of mine. I, I love her so much. And she was like, um, he did not sign up to like be your business partner. Like, that's not what he is. He is there for. And he didn't sign up for that. So for you to like hold him hostage to having to like, listen to you complain about business stuff or ask for advice about business stuff or whatever it is, is like not what he signed up for. And so, and I, I've done, like, I've been so guilty of that, like in the past. And the second that I started, and I, like, I just want to say, I know that some husbands are so good at this of just like being a listening ear, providing support, blah, 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 blah. Mine. No, he loves me, supports me, encourages me in what I do in my work also does not want to fucking hear about the problems and like the next funnel I'm building. And like, no, he wants to hear that. I'm happy. My business is working. I'm functioning. And like, we can pay the bills and like, we can say yes to things that we want to do in life, you know, over here. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, the second that I released him of that for my own sake, everything got better and smoother in the way that like, I am like, I, the other thing, the other part of this with, with what she said that I kind of left out was that she was like, when we show up in our, and she uses the words like queenhood and like kinghood, but like when we show up in our like queenhood of like, I, I run my business. This is not a hobby. This is like what provides an income. I know how to make decisions in my business. I know who are the right people to go for and ask for support And like, my husband, isn't that they are like fired up on that, our partner, because then they're like, wow, like, it's like, they can smell that, you know, of like us being like in our power. And like, yeah, I close the door on my office at the end of the day. And like my decisions and the the powerful person I am in my business is like, is in there. And then like, I'm here to be like your partner and, and your wife and, you know, and, or like partner in parenting and like whatever it is. And, and like here to do life with you, Mm -hmm. there is like an energetic shift. I think that happens when you start to like lean into that part of like running business and being like a wife or a partner or whatever it is. Yeah. It's so true. And I think even, yeah, whether you have a partner or not it's like if you don't have a coach or like someone a mentor any someone specifically who you can go to in those moments where you just need support I don't know I mean I've I'm I hopefully never have to experience that because I can't imagine how like lonely that could feel I know that's why a lot of people in like my masterminds and stuff are like I just I feel like I don't even need to learn anything more I just need this community Mm-hmm. I mean, amen to Voxer, right? Being able to just like pop on there, spill your shit, shut the door and like go on. Okay. Like what are we having for dinner? You know, and, and move on. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. So circling back to like Instagram, I want to touch on this for a couple minutes and then we can wrap up here is like, I feel like there is so much evolving in the land of content creation and has been for the last like 
I feel like decade of social media happening. Like it has always been evolving, um, and has always been changing. Um, but from a content creation perspective, where do you see things leaning to? I know that there's recently been like some talk about Instagram, you know, evolving from just being like this photo sharing platform into more of like a video content space, which is kind of something that's been happening anyway over the last like couple of years. But what is your, I just kind of want your thoughts on this in your opinion. Yeah. So I think that I fall somewhere in the middle of like, sometimes I'm down to play the Instagram game because I like to say like, my dreams are bigger than my drama and like, I'll do what I need to do in order to make them happen. But on the other hand, I don't like fully subscribe to that. And I'm also like, I'm, I'm also only going to create content that like truly feels good to me. And sometimes for me personally, that's not reels. And even though Instagram is basically (laughs) saying that's like the thing to do, um, I'm gonna hopefully find a way to, you know, create reels in a way that still feels like on brand for me. So do that because I (laughs) like I'm sarcastically asking this and also like I'm with you like I have not been able to get into like the lip syncing a song pointing at fucking objects that don't exist like on my screen while simultaneously taking myself seriously in my like six-figure business I I can't I haven't been able to do it and I mean here's the thing like I'm not here to entertain like I didn't sign up for this business to be an influencer or like a comedian I'm not a comedian like my my friends will tell you I'm not the life of the party no one would describe me as bubbly like I'm not gonna (laughs) (laughs) I'm like my sense of humor is dry and sarcastic like I am not a fucking entertainer and I'm not gonna like pretend to be someone in order to get more views you know like so I don't know I'm hoping that I can find a way to create some reels that are just like sort of a shorter version of what I do on stories because I love stories like I love Mm -hmm. educating in my stories I love like sharing my message via stories so if I can somehow like turn that into a reel I'm down but I'm yeah I'm not gonna like dance around anymore and like, or try to come up with like a comedy skit. (laughs) I so hear you. It's been a little discouraging. I feel like is the word I'm going to use. Like there's been times where I'm literally like, am I boring? Like, am I too old for this? Like, I don't know how to create these. Like I've, I've spent, when I think of like the ROI on my time and where my time is like best spent, I'm like, it will take me like literally 90 minutes to like create a reel. And I'm like, I could be doing probably like 10 other things off the top of my head for 90 minutes. That would be like income producing activities. And so I just get stuck in the, like, does this matter? I mean, am I like, am I canceled if I'm like not doing reels, you know, like, because other people are who are in my industry. Well, I think that it will, like, there's no doubt about it. It will hurt us in the way of like reach, right? Like a, a 
photo post does not get seen as much as a reel. That's just like how my stories are not even really getting seen like they used to. Yeah, it's all fucking crazy. <laughs> but at the same time, I always come back to, and I even come back to this in regards to like followers, likes, like any type of vanity metrics like that is like, I am here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to build my business and get clients and actually make money and help people. Instagram is a tool to do that, but it's not everything. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to remember too, that there are other people out there like us. Like I am attracted to you as a coach because I do take you seriously. I don't see you dancing around on Instagram. Not everybody looks for that in a coach and that's fine, but there are other people like me. I actually even had a discovery call the other day with someone who said that she booked the discovery call solely based off of my reel that I made. That was basically saying, fuck you to reels. I'm not doing it. She was like, I don't want to have to do it either. So I want to work with you. (laughs) So, you know, there are other people like us. Yeah. I think this feeds into such a bigger conversation that we can like have another time around like the full ecosystem of a business. And, you know, the same, like what's happening on Instagram, the one like saving grace is like, it's fucking free. So like it's free. How much can we complain about this? Like free thing where on the flip side, people who have been doing paid advertising on Instagram and Facebook for the last year have seen a major crash in the last like six months. And that's been like horrible for some people's business. But the one thing that is like shining through, through all that is that people have gotten really comfortable with the tools, like you said, that are out there and we don't own any of these tools. Right. So besides our email list, but that's another thing. Right. And, and even that it's like, are we constantly exporting our email list into some database? Because at any point it's like active campaign or flow desk or whatever can just be like, we're shutting down. Um, but my point is like having this full ecosystem of a business that is not solely reliant on one space for lead generation. So whether that is like, if you're in paid advertising, like, yeah, having like different areas that you're running ads, but also, all of these doors into working with you from these different areas, like emailing, like social, like paid advertising, like JV partnerships, like getting on other podcasts, you know, like building out these other ways where people are able to digest your content and get to know who you are. So you're not solely reliant. I think that is like the golden ticket from like here moving forward. Yeah. If not, we're like a little, you know, if you're not already starting to do that, um, now's the time because all of these platforms are going to shift and change. New ones may end up popping up, like who even knows and how freeing is it to feel like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'm going to choose that I'm going to do reels or not, but like, it's not, the end of the world for me because I have all these other ways that I like connect with my audience and that's through audio or that's through video or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my, like my one takeaway from all of this is like, be thinking about your business 
as a full thriving ecosystem and not just like, this is the one way that I get clients and I like go all in on this one way only. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what are the ways that people can work with you now? Where can they find you? So on Instagram, I am at the whole Tori. Um, that's pretty much the number one, uh, first, you know, way to reach connect with me from there. If you click the link in my bio, you can do other fun stuff, like check out my website, thewholetory.com, um, or download any of my freebies. I have a hashtag workbook and caption calendar. That's a good one. It's free for you to download there. Cool. Love it. Okay. Well, we will put all of that into the show notes as well. So you'll be able to, um, click down below, check out those links, give her a follow. If you're not already get some of her freebie stuff. Thank you so much for being here, Tori. This was such a good conversation and everyone else. I will see you on the next episode.